critics have said he has a face for radio and a voice for silent film. And now, here is your host, Ben Gordon. And we are on the air here on the Doc G Show. Wow. Once again, we are back all in one piece. We are. I am your host, Doc G, with me, as always, Justin, Hype City Evangelista. I've got slippers on. Huh? Oh, I didn't even notice. I'm feeling a little homey today. Homey? Yeah, like a little bummy, but this is what happens when you survive a hurricane. That's it, man. One piece, you know. I mean, these hurricanes, though, right? Harvey, Irma... Jose. Jose. Girl, come on. It, it's tough. Jose. Man. I got to say, it's tough to predict, yes. you know? Yeah. Tough to check out these. Have you seen these spaghetti models? Mm. Yeah, I don't like why they're, like, is it because, like, they're scat- their tracks because are scattered? Because they're, they're noodles. Because they're noodles of tracks. I mean, potential the, tracks. when you look at those maps, they basically look like they gave a chimpanzee meth and a crayon and said, hey, go <laughs> nuts. Like that's what, and then you're like, what? Go nuts! What am I supposed to just combine these and get an eye? Like you have no idea. Nope. And what, you have no idea where the storm's actually hitting. You know, but I mean that's understandable. You know, yeah. there's a reason why Andre 3000 said you can plan a pretty picnic, but you can't predict the weather. So true. Ooh, right. I like it. I like it. But, uh, you know, then I started thinking, and and we talked about this before on the show, you know, what about like in the 1800s, the 1900s? Yeah! They had no idea. Literally none. There was no projection. There was nobody telling them. Nothing. Basically lived life on the edge, man. Yeah, like, I mean... The snowstorm was coming. They weren't ready for it. Well, I mean, like, imagine, like, 1840. A guy and a lady sitting out there on the porch. She's like, John, what are you going to do this weekend? John's like, well, you got to till and hoe the back field back there. I'm going to do that. How's that sound, Anna? What are you going to do? And she's like, well, you can do that as long as it doesn't rain this weekend. <laughs> and then the next day, a hurricane blows in and destroys their whole house. Wait, what? And he's sitting there like, Anna said it was going to rain. I think she's a witch. That's a fact. She destroyed our house, Anna. Like, that's you, you got these crazy ideas that you had no idea where it came from. Somebody would say something, and you're like, you know what? Yep. They caused it. That's what happened right there, right? Our predictions are better than that. A little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At least, you know, one thing they are, they're fairly accurate on time. They're fairly good about when it's going to come. Yeah. Not really where or how hard, but they know when, you know? It's like there's a hurricane. Could be in the Gulf of Mexico, could be on the East Coast, could be somewhere in between. We're not really sure. Could be a Category 3, 4, 5. Not really sure about that either. But we know it's coming Tuesday morning. Thank you. You know, that's really all we've got worked out, which really doesn't work in too many other situations. Think of it like one of your friends went downtown drinking, and they're like, hey, can you come pick me up from the bars? Nope. I'm going to need you to come pick me up around 1 a.m. Jeez. Awesome. I don't know how drunk I could be. 
I could be throwing up in your car drunk, could be passed out on the curb drunk, or I could be responsibly tipsy. Hmm. Not sure about that. We'll we'll get that later. Also, I don't know where you're going to find me. Could be on the bar on 10th Street, could be on the one on 1st Avenue or 15th Street. You're going to have to figure all that out yourself. All True. you actually get is that you need to be there at 1 a.m. I like this game. Huh? That doesn't work. Doesn't work, man. But on this show, Justin, we solved the problem of prediction. You know how? Hmm. Uh, no. We, we just don't mention just... anything about the weather. Uh, true. True. That's how true. we solve it. We yeah. talk about pointless things. So true. Yeah. A lot of pointless a things. A lot of pointless things. Are you ready to talk about pointless things? Heck yeah, bro. Let's fire this show up. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and liftoff. Justin, we have an amazing show. I know I say that a lot, but I mean it. Wow. You got to feel yourself sometimes. We've got great rip from the headline segments that I'm excited about. Okay. And big news. We've got none other than the Travers Brothership. Not only are they going to be on the show, they're stopping by the studio. Yeah, that's right. Travers Brothership from oh, Asheville, man. NC. We're going to play some of their tunes. Exciting. We're going to talk to Eric, Kyle, Josh, and Ian. Can't wait. It's going to be good. Let's start with where we start. Birthday suit. Let's do it. Happy All right, Justin. Our birthday suit wearer was born in Atlanta, Georgia on September 13th, 1996. Holy. One year younger than me. His given name was Jordan Terrell Carter. He spent, or he went, not spent, uh, to Springs Charter High School in Sandy Springs, Georgia, where he would typically skip school and go work on his music or to go to his job at H&M. His mixtape, which was released April 14, 2017, features rappers such as ASAP Rocky and Lil Uzi Vert. The single Magnolia has been doing quite well in New York. He merely rocks. Hide it in my sock. It's Playboy Cardi, people. Ah, oh, yeah. Oh, nice. I like that. That's a different birthday suit. That's a different, you know, testing the the, the new hip-hop waters yeah. right there mm-hmm. is what we're doing. Yeah. Yes! Playboy Cardi from Atlanta. His Jordan birthday. Terrell Carter. Jordan Terrell Carter. Playboy yes. Cardi. Very good stuff. Very good stuff. Happy birthday, Playboy Cardi. Let's rip some headlines. Are you ready? I want to rip it. Let's rip it. Justin, you want to start rip from the headlines with a gross story? Wait, what? Uh, I mean, this is your show, so I let you I let you govern that. Well, you've heard of Burning Man, right? Yeah, that uh, like music festival kind of. It's, it's, not, it's not a music so festival. So it's not a music festival. That's what a lot of people think. Um, they describe, this is self-described. I'll describe them the way that they describe their situation. Okay. They are an experimental community. Yeah, it's like kind of cultish, right? That has ten main principles. Hey. Radical inclusion, self-reliance, self-expression, community cooperation, civic responsibility, gifting, decommodification, participation, 
immediacy and leaving no trace. That's their 10 principles. Hmm. I don't really know what that means, but that's their 10 principles. What does leaving no trace mean? That's what I want to that, know. That's, 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 that's ecological. That's what they mean. They mean leaving no you know, trash behind and things like that. Oh, okay. I, I can pick that one up. But I, mine, mine really is like all of that stuff together. A little bit tough to put together. Um, this, this all goes around the summer solstice. So they go into the middle of the desert in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And they hang around for about a week. And then they leave. And there's like a bunch of art. And there's a bunch of community. I'm using air quotes right now. Mm -hmm. Community. Um, and that's about it. And yeah. they just hang out. That's what they do. Just different people. Very different. Very. Anywho, apparently this year, Mickey Agarwal, hmm. a new mother, came to Burning Man. Yeah, somebody with that name would go to Burning Man. <laughs> what? With a new idea. Um, I'm not really sure how this fits into their 10 main principles. I'm guessing maybe radical inclusion and, and participation. But she decided that she was going to pump her own breast milk from her breast okay. and hand it out to other folks at Burning Man. Oh, yeah. I love it. Nope. Breast milk shots, baby. Yeah. So, Let's do it. So some people down the milk as a hangover cure, she said. Nice. Some of them just be like, sweet. All right. Just drink it that way. Hey, so, we all drink breast milk at one point in our lives. Apparently, some of it used to spice up their lattes. Nice. They were like, like oh, a creamer. Like a creamer, yes. Exactly. Ah. Um, her sum-up statement, because she put this on uh, her Instagram with her with the pumps on. I love it. Uh, said, this was the end of the quote, Great parenting can change the world! Exclamation point. More conversations about this soon, period. Wait, what? Uh, I'm guessing her, her kid responded to this caption by saying, Hey, how about great parenting by giving my milk away, you turd? <laughs> so true. Who are all these creepy weirdos in the middle of the desert drinking my milk? Girl, come on. Like, what is, what? How exactly, does, man. I don't I don't understand her caption. Nope. I don't get that. Like I I'd, I'd much more understand the caption, "Hey, I'm doing something weird at Burning Man." <laughs> like I would get that much better. Exactly. You know, maybe something like uh, oh, I will say though, I did I just just popped in my head. I <laughs> after I read it, I got really excited cuz I was like, "Oh man, I bet we can do Burning Man for uh review this." Yeah. They don't have a Google reviews for Burning Man. But then I started thinking about it. I was just like, man, a one-star review for Burning Man. Went to Burning Man this year. Breast dot, milk. dot, dot. Didn't even get any breast milk. Yep. Dot, dot, dot. Mickey was all out. One star. Wow. End quote. Anyways, Justin, what's been concerning you this past couple of weeks? Oh, this past couple of weeks? Hmm. Civil injustice? Sure, yeah. Climate change. Climate change for sure, especially with these hurricanes. Yeah. How about how about the world not having enough types of chocolate? Yes. Now that is something to be concerned about. I think so. I think so. Well, don't worry. There's a new type of chocolate. What? Yeah, that's right. We have a new type of chocolate. Okay. So we have dark. We have milk. We have white. Now. We have dark ruby. Oh. 
Ruby chocolate. Ruby chocolate. Is it red? It's pink. Oh, okay. So, chocolate manufacturer Barry C. Be- what? Uh, I'm abbreviating his last name because I can't pronounce it. Oh, okay. Was like, it uh, starts with a C. Um, Berry chocolate. Yeah. Berry chocolate has created ruby chocolate. In a, in a press conference, he said it offers a totally new taste experience, which is not bitter, milky, or sweet, but it's a tension hmm. between berry fruitiness and luscious smoothness. Hmm. Hmm. Before you accuse this uh, chocolate of having some just berry flavoring in it, that's not the case, Justin. Nope. The reason this chocolate is called ruby chocolate is that it uses the ruby bean that comes from Ecuador, Brazil, and the Ivory Coast. Same species as the cacao plant that we get cocoa from. Um, So it's just basically a little bit different of a bean that's actually naturally pink so it comes out pink oh, okay. and it has this robust flavor he's talking about sweet yeah yeah so even though the story had nothing to do with millennial bashing nope at the end of it they couldn't help but put in some millennial bashing Girl, come on. peter boone who is the chief uh chief of innovation and quality officer at this company that helped create Ruby Chocolate. He said, quote, This new chocolate, Ruby Chocolate, satisfies a new consumer need found among millennials. That need is hedonistic indulgence. Hmm. Excuse me, Mr. Boone, uh, but I don't want your weird pink chocolate to get my jollies, okay? Yeah! Millennials didn't ask for your Ruby Chocolate, all right? I think your chocolate satisfies another need. Inter- entertaining bored chocolate makers that have made the same product for a thousand years and wanted to make something new. All right? So don't stick it on us Ooh. because you want to serve out your weird pink chocolate. All right? I will try it if you want to give it to me. But I, yeah, it does sound. It's not because of hedonistic indulgence. Nope. I can tell you that much. Hedonistic indulgence. You big chocolate freak. Hey, calm down. I'm sorry. I got, got feisty. Justin, you know why bats can fly so well at night? Uh, I mean, yeah, they're they have those like what is it sonar, whatever that is. They use echolation. Yes, echolation. They use echoes. They throw it out there. They shoot out an echo. Comes back at them. That's the sound effect. That is a sound. I like that sound effect. That's good. One more time. That's good. They're really good at it, though, right? They can discriminate uh, differences between that are less than one millimeter. So things that are just within like one millimeter, they they know that difference. Oh, they send it out. Really? Yeah. That's why they can catch insects in the air by using that uh, by using that sonar. Uh, the only problem is with this echolation. Apparently, they can't judge walls. Wait, what? What? Yeah, walls. Why? Like a big flat wall. So like they can run into that wall without even if it's if it's glass or like a reflective any type of reflective oh, metallic surface. Because of the Because yeah. you get like a right angle. Unless they're going straight on to the wall, they can't get it coming back to them. It'll come off at another yeah, angle at another and they angle. won't get it back. Whoa. So apparently a new research study by Dr. Grief 
of the Institute, uh, the Institute of Ornithology. Yeah. Uh, he came across the idea. He was studying another bat behavior in like his bat cave. Like his artificial bat cave with a bunch of bats. Interesting. And he he was just putting up a giant uh, piece of metal, and like the bats just kept on running into what? it. What? He was like, oh, oh, seems like they can't see this. I wonder why. <laughs> and then he like started looking at it. He was like, oh, they can't see it. So they just can't. So in case you've ever ran across a bat like that ran into a window, and you're like, what the crap happened here? You know why? They they couldn't see it. Yes! So Justin, you remember when we started off the show two weeks ago when we talked about a dude going to Mexico? Yeah, up with a tiger? the uh, tiger. Yeah, that's when Dave was on last on the show. Yeah, then we speculated to uh, what would you do if you'd actually gotten that tiger across and it was a pet tiger, right? Yeah. Well, someone has this story is what happens when someone owns a pet tiger dude that's sick yeah okay so justin i guess i guess since you're you're excited to hear this you didn't hear about the story mm. no yeah apparently uh last week in atlanta area oh, there was atlanta? a tiger on the loose <laughs> holy yeah uh, a full-grown tiger yeah oh that's scary yeah uh apparently so <laughs> i think this 911 call sums up how most people uh, saw this as far as the people in the area seeing the tiger. Yeah. Henry County 911, what's the location of your emergency? I am sitting here at Jellico Road coming off the interstate. There is a tiger walking down the, ex the ramp pit onto the interstate. Okay, it's walking onto the interstate down the exit ramp? Correct. And what's, what is exactly does it look like? Uh, tiger. <laughs> uh, he was asking for it. Uh, tiger. <laughs> so good, dude. Like I just, I, I he think was asking it, for it, it sums it up. And sir, what's it look like? Um, well, it's brown. It's got hooves. It's got like hair, just like a hair tail. It has a bill. It's, it's got a saddle on it. And it neighs a lot. Um, sir, you're describing a horse, not a tiger. Oh, okay. I've never been good with animals. Thanks for clearing that one up. I'll talk to you later. Wow. Like, what else are you going to say? Like, why would you ask what, what, what does it look What's like? What's it look like? It looks like a tiger. That's what it looks like. He said, uh, a tiger? <laughs> so I love it, man. The, I love it. The tiger was cruising around the neighborhood. Uh, cops were following it around, trying to wait for animal... Control. Yeah, to come in. And then the tiger uh, went after a dog in the area, and the cop shot it. Oh, uh, now, I know. Very sad ending. Now, I personally think those cops could have used some kind of tranquilizer darts. Yeah. They obviously had to have some type. Well, that killed sucks, it, man. But they killed it. Uh, now, after all this confusion, some news outlets were still looking for answers for how this tiger uh, got to the area in the first place. So they turned to Henry County Animal Care Control. This is what the director said in the Washington Post. Quote, tigers are not an indigenous species to Georgia. End quote. Huh? What? <laughs> uh, of course. Of course they're not. Like, who, again, sort of like, describe a tiger. Like, who's going to be like, oh, I thought tigers lived in Georgia. That's why I didn't call this one in. I thought that was a normal thing. Exactly. Bengal tigers walking around. I would hope most people would be aware of that. 
So where did this tiger actually come from? It was being transported from Florida to Missouri by a circus presenter who owned the tiger. I'm not sure whether this circus presenter legally or illegally owned it. I'm guessing illegally. The tiger's name was Susie. Susie the Tiger. They, uh, the truck carrying Susie had stopped in Georgia for the night when Susie, quote, escaped unnoticed, end quote. Wait, what? How does a 400-pound tiger escape unnoticed? Sneaky. Did Sneaky s- tiger. Did Suze steal the keys from the truck driver when they weren't looking? Nope. Did Suze whittle one of her claws into a lockpick and escape that way? Exactly. Like, how does... what? It seems quite difficult for a tiger to escape in that manner. But... It's rega- possible. Regardless, we got a bad answer to what happens when someone owns a tiger in the United States. Sucks, man. Bad answer. Guys, if you own tigers, people better know about it. Or bad things will happen. Just saying True. out there. Now, Justin, when we discuss topics on Rip from the Headlines, what's one of our favorite topics to discuss? World records. Boom! World records. That's right. Today, I want to talk about Jim Arrington. Okay. What's his world record? His world record is a world record for being a bodybuilder. What? At the age of 84. Woo! Really? That's right. Nice. A bodybuilder and a member of the silent generation. That's the joke. Jim received an award for being the oldest competing bodybuilder. 84? He's, he's, he, yeah, 84. He's been competing for 70 years. Wow. Wait, so since the age of 14? Yeah. Competing in bodybuilding for three of your lifetimes, Justin. That's pretty crazy, man. Yeah. The last milestone he received before the Guinness uh, World Record title was becoming the best bodybuilder over 80. Nice. Which I got to ask, how many competitors were in that field? Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, he's 84. It was him and another guy. How Just many? Two, two of them. How many? Eight, like, there's an 80 year old, 81 year old, 15, 83 year olds, 184. Like, that's, I'm just saying, doesn't seem like they're too many. Nope. But he said he's got no end in sight, man. He's just going to keep on competing. Well, good for him. Keep on competing. Hats off to you, Jim Arrington. Congratulations. You show off that world record. Yeah! Justin, are you ready to stop faking the funk? Yes, sir. Here we go. First, first title. I've been on a slump, man. Swooping owls attack families in Missouri neighborhood. Hmm. Or... Missouri school is forced to no longer bring live owl mascot to football games. Hmm. You left me on a cliffhanger with that second one, so I want to say Missouri school owl mascot is the real headline. You're still in that slump. Dang it, man. Yeah, yeah. So, in Brookside, Missouri. What the heck is going on? They had to put up signs... For aggressive owl activity. Nice. Apparently, residents said that they had problems last year with aggressive owl activity, and in the past few weeks, the bad attitudes have returned from the owls. Owls are deadly, man. Janice, a resident of Brookside, said, I used to walk looking down at different things that had fallen on the sidewalk. Sticks, acorns, so I wouldn't trip over them when I'm walking my dog. Now, 
find myself looking up at trees to see where the owls might be. Girl, come on! Scary. Another resident, Kate Von Dyke. That's right, Kate Von Dyke. KVD. Said, I live here, period. I have three small children, and we can't just up and move because of some owls. Yeah! Gonna be honest. That'd be really sad yeah. <laughs> if you left your house <laughs> because of owls. Well, we had to leave our last house. Owls. That's right. What? They're scary. Mm. They can turn their heads almost all the way around. They can. They can. So frightening. All you got to do is throw some water on owls. Oh, really? They don't have water-repellent uh, feathers. They can actually get hypothermia from getting rained on too much. That's right. Oh, spring a bucket of ice water. water. Yeah. Boom. Suck it, owls. Take that owl. Just saying, guys, in Brook Brookside, Missouri, keep that in mind. Uh Justin. If you're in Missouri, watch out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So let's, warning. are you ready for a musical break from our guest of honor right now? Yes. This let's is Travers Brothership. Are you ready to hear him? Of course. This is their song, Time Will Slip Away. Wait, what? So a really long pause between the time and the will. <laughs> I was building anticipation. Time, time will slip away. Boom. This is it on the Doc G Show. Keep it locked. We will be right back.
And we are back. Welcome back on the Doc G Show. Here we are, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Reminder, listen to the podcast. Am I right, Justin? Of course, man. It's great every time. time you listen to it. Just oh, me. Any, it, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> you did say. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. I have one listen a week. It's Justin. Mm, that's sad. <laughs> Make me feel better, guys. Listen to the podcast. Anyways, we don't have time for that. We got to get to things. Justin, are you ready for the second birthday suit? Yes, sir. All right. All the time, baby. Born on September 13th, 1969, in New Orleans, Louisiana, our birthday suit wearer. Oh. Who dat? Moved to Atlanta in 1990, and he released a theater play in the community theater with all of his savings. He put on the production, wrote it, put it on, Mm. and uh, it was called I Know I've Been Changed. He kept re-releasing it for six more years and then released a couple more uh, plays after that. In 2005, he used the money from his theater productions to fund his first movie, which was Diary of a Mad Black Woman. I knew, yeah, okay. Stop there. Now. Stop there. Who yeah, is it? I knew it. I, like, as soon as I heard theater production, what's it, Tyler Perry? Tyler Perry. Oh, yeah. Medea. Medea. Most famous character. Shout out to Tyler Perry from the band Morgan's Road, even though I don't think it's his birthday, birthday. but his name's Tyler Perry, so, you know. True, true. Happy birthday to the real Tyler Perry there. Not the real, I shouldn't say that. To the theater Tyler Perry. Yeah. They're both real. They're real To the Medea Tyler Perry. To the Medea Tyler Perry. Justin, my favorite segment. We got to get to it before Travers Brothers. Come on, come on. Why would you review that? Let's do it. What what location we got today? The Space Needle. Oh, the Space Needle. Okay. In Seattle. I've never been there. I want to go to Seattle. I have. Really? Nice city, huh? I love the city. It's a great city. So it's a tall tower, right? Oh, yeah. 605 feet tall. Hey. It was made for the World's Fair in 1962. Uh, nope. I'm not really sure that it necessitates a review. I mean, or it really a visit. I mean, you can see it all over Seattle. You don't really need to. Can you go in it? Yeah, oh yeah, you go okay. right up to the top. But I mean, you know, there's there's buildings, a lot of buildings in Seattle that are taller than 605 feet. Oh, really? So, you know. What? There's a lot better places Word. to get that high. I mean, you know, and I mean literally huh? that high. Okay? That what? Don't take it that way, listeners. Anyways, so... There were 5,557 reviews. Average review, 4.4 stars. Woo! 109 one-star reviews. Let's get to them. Here they are. Let's get it. Daniel Jacob. Quote. Daniel son. Waiting, dot, dot, dot. We got a timed oh, ticket and still in line over an hour later. Maybe only halfway, period. No indication it would take this long. Feels like we're wasting the day away, period. We are hungry, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Send help. 
end Wait, quote. Really? Yes. Send help? Dan, Wow. I don't know if we can help you, man. Uh, if you can't help yourself in that situation, I don't know if anybody can. <laughs> Legend says he's still in that line waiting for help. He here's what you do, Dan. Leave the line. If you're not happy with it, leave the line. That's true. If you're hungry, leave the line. Or get someone to get you food. There you go. Flag down somebody you know. Call somebody yeah. you know. Get them to get you food. That's just a, a quick response there, Daniel. William Keller. Quote. Billy Keller. I enjoyed Toronto, Niagara Falls, and Cedar Point needles better. <laughs> Seattle, way overrated and too expen expensive. End mm. quote. Whoa. Whoa. Billy. What are you trying to do? You trying to start a fight with the whole city oh. of Seattle? Because they don't take kindly to your insults, yeah! all right? Saying these other needles are better than their needle. First of all, I didn't even know Cedar Point had a needle. Yeah, I never heard of like a Cedar Point needle. And in I fact, they don't anymore. They closed it and they demolished it in 2012. So that literally doesn't exist. You and, idiot, William. And he, he wrote this uh, review after 2012. Well, that's so, really awkward. Come on. Come on, Billy. Uh, plus, it was only when it was there, only half the size half the height of the Seattle Space Needle. I wonder what he thought made it. What? Yeah, Come what, what he on. thought made better. Now, I'll give you the CN Tower in Toronto. Yeah, that's a nice one. It's pretty un it's pretty impressive. It's like three times taller than the Space it's Needle. It's huge. That's pretty big. That's pretty big. Uh, next quote, Sandra Wait, Wiener. That's right. <laughs> Sandra <laughs> Wiener. Girl, quote. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Sandra Wiener. Quote, I am very frustrated with the picture app that you download to get your free picture. It was downloaded at least 200 times in my downloads since July, and it's still downloading every single day. I don't know how to stop it, exclamation point, end quote. First off, Miss Wiener, I don't know how many times we've said this in this segment, but this is a review for the Space Needle, not the picture app, okay? If you want to review the picture app, make one for the picture app, all right? Second, how about instead of making a Google review about the app, continuously downloading and you not liking that, how about you Google, how do I stop the Space Needle Pick app from downloading? That's true. Probably find an answer right there. Just like call help, customer service. Come help, on. Help you out, Miss Wiener. All right. Danny Swart. That's Danny right. Danny Swart. Swart. Quote, can't take strollers up. And that resulted with us having to hold our 15-month-old for an extended period of time while in line. Really not a good experience with a toddler. End quote. Why? Well, just say one-year-old. Danny, uh, wow. I've, got, I've got your solution. Don't have a kid. Dang, that is crazy. Problem solved right there. People want to make families, guy. D Danny, my man. Did the Space Needle advertise nope. as a great place to party with kids? Because I bet they didn't. What? I can tell you what everyone else thought in line when you showed up. Holy Christ, that guy brought us baby. Oh, crap, he's right behind me with that baby. It's going to scream the whole time. Why? Why did this guy yeah. bring his baby? <laughs> That's what they thought. So, uh, you were upset? Everyone was upset. Just a little... Just a little review on the review. Uh, and we'll sum it up with this one. Are you ready for the last one? Yes, sir. Kamalajit. Kamalajit Singh. 
That's right. <laughs> Kamalajit Singh. Kamalajit. Quote, Eric the ticket salesman is a Wait, real uh, is really mother blanking mean. I just said pardon and he was like so mean to me. Huh? Period. Go and blank your mom. End quote. Oh, okay. <laughs> By Jeez. the way, Kamalajit uh, censored himself there. Oh, I thought you were censoring no, in terms of the sh- he, for, for the show. He censored himself. Good job. Well, good for him. You know kids read Space Needle reviews, yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. We, being we, conscious of everyone. We appreciate that. Well, Eric... Uh, uh, or Kamalajit. Eric, the ticket salesman, uh, I hope you've seriously cleaned your oh, act up. Seriously. Because Kamalajit did not like it at I all. I hope you went in... And blanked your mom, <laughs> Eric. The Space Needle. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The Man, Space Needle. After those reviews, I'm not going there. We will be right back. We are going to get Travers Brothership in this piece. Exciting, they are man. The Exciting. Let's do it. We'll be right back. And we are back here on the Doc G Show. Very special guest, Travers Brothership, in the studio with us today. Guys, how's it going? Yo. Good. <laughs> Good trip through Florida so far. We've been dodging the storms. And been dodging hurricanes. Yeah, we're getting chased by the hurricane up the coast, slowly but surely. Where, where was the first uh, stop in Florida for you guys? Dunedin. 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 The Dunedin Brewery is awesome. Yeah? Yeah. Good show, good fans. Yeah, good show, good people around there. That town in uh, St. Pete, there's definitely... I need to stop by then. Yeah. I've never been there. Good music culture out there. We also went out to St. Pete uh, the following day. I guess that was Labor Day. And I uh, saw a great band and a nice little club. You know, it felt like a... What a great music scene over there. And then uh, the rest of the shows in Florida, solid shows. Yeah, yeah, good shows. There's definitely a nice music scene around here. Um, you know, this is really our first time venturing out into this market. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we got to play with a good band that we know and love, the Groove Orient out of Orlando, Florida, and that was a great night, for, you know, for... Oh, uh, rocking the hat over there. Very nice. Yeah, rocking the merch. Rocking your merch, too. Very nice. We're rocking all kinds of merchandise. I'm not rocking a Travers Brothership <laughs> shirt. Now I feel like a loser. You're a professor. <laughs> it's it. It's all right. Yeah, I do. I I do balance two jobs. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, now you guys started, as far as the two brothers started the band off, thus the name, right? Right. Yeah. To some, uh, Ian, Ian and Josh. It's a kind of a complicated story. It's complicated. Well, Kyle and I, we, we started playing when we were maybe seven years old. Our father turned us on. His name's Hurricane Bob. He always played and sang and killed the blues and taught us and. We met these guys on the school bus in Black Mountain, North Carolina, and sure enough, it was like, hey, uh, so you guys are trying to start a band, and uh, me and Kyle, we have like this chick bass player, she's got a crush on Kyle, but uh, that's not working. You guys want to join our band instead? (laughs) And they were like, yeah, let's do that. (laughs) Sure enough, we were winning talent shows, we played the the dance, I think, uh, at school. Yep, nice. Middle school dance. <laughs> Very nice. The best place to play, that, man. Yeah, that's how we started. Now, I guess starting out so young, you've never really had 
any other aspirations as far as jobs. It was musician or bust, right? I was a dishwasher at a college. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we've done a little bit of uh, everything, you know, uh, time in between. A little little in-between jobs, but never any hiring. Yeah, because, yeah, when you got to leave and tour for, you know, a a week at a time, two weeks, you know, you can't keep a day job with that a lot of the time. But in certain circumstances, you can, you know. A little hour-to-hour work every now and then. Right, yeah, definitely. We do construction stuff on the side, and it's good to have that that backup plan, too. Um, Our bassist, Josh Clark, he Mm -hmm. actually... Went to went to school at Appalachian State University and has his exercise science degree and I'm the college boy. That's me. I'm the one that uses all the big words that everybody hates. So um, fancy, man. Yeah. He ke- he keeps us healthy. It, it was go. a it, I well, when we started the Travers Brothers band, it came time for you know Ian and I to graduate, you know high school, and Ian was like, well, I'm just gonna play in the band. Because his, you know, his parents were cool about it. You know, they were just like, yeah, do whatever you want, honey. But my mom was like not having it at all and was like, you're going to go to college. So I was like, all right, cool, whatever. I did enjoy it, though. I don't regret my college experience at all. You know, yeah. like I've met a lot of important people and learned a lot of good stuff. But I wasn't being like musically fulfilled at and all. And he came back from college a beast. Yeah. yeah. I was in like junior year and they called me up in like November of that year. And it was in Boone and it was cold. And <laughs> they were just like, can you be in Virginia? on friday for fifty dollars and i was like <laughs> yeah man i'm not doing what? anything right now i was like fifty yes i'm there man I, I was i was writing like a paper or something there and i was just like i'll just get a d on this and i just <laughs> left ah you throw this in mail it in let's go play i saw that you guys played with ike stubblefield uh yeah we did a while back yeah he um let's see we did a gig in charleston south carolina at the Charleston Poorhouse and uh, for Ian's birthday. Yeah, yeah. After that, on May 21st, that was the other gig. Yeah, but we did a gig at the Charleston Poorhouse and um, we played it with uh, Enrico Scott was there too. What was the name of that band? Joe Joe Marsnick Band. Yeah, they were they were definitely fun. He kind of travels and hires you know a-class players wherever he goes and yeah. he had ike in the band and Yanrico scott who played with Derek trucks and yeah lots of other great musicians yeah because i mean stubblefield stuck out to me because i mean you know yeah and I then mean, yeah we met Wonder ike he wanted to go play and he wanted to go play in Asheville, so he asked us to be his backup band so that was cool it was quite an honor because you know he's played with yeah he's with the likes of stevie wonder and eric clapton and a lot of our a lot of our heroes, so yeah, it was really cool. Ike's a really good dude, and um, you know, certainly plays really, really well. So that's a, that's always fun to be on a stage with someone like that. So it's good it was, to jam with. Good yeah, time. yeah. And then the day after, we uh, we host a residency a good bit of the year at Pisga Brewing Company, yeah, which yeah. is like our home spot, which is a great spot for music and for beer. I love the forest there too, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice beautiful. That's yeah. Where we. That's right. Where we grew up, and it's absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, yeah, we uh, host a jam there, the Travers Sunday Jam, the Pisgah Sunday Jam, whatever you want to call it. But uh, on Sundays, I came out and uh, just then we got to play our music with Ike, and, and that was certainly nice. a treat because you know he just knows how to play so appropriately and leave space in the right places. You know, he's just one of those expert musicians. That's definitely it was a privilege. 
I'd, I'd be, a, I, yeah, that's an honor to be on the stage, definitely. Uh, speaking of uh, big gigs, and you you mentioned it in passing, you do have the Marcus King Family Band, uh, our Marcus King Band Family Reunion Festival, sixth uh, and seventh, and that is at Pisco, right? Correct. Yes. Around Josh's birthday. I think we we play on the seventh, though. I think we play the Saturday. The Saturday of that. Mm-hmm. Nice. I think it is a two-day event, though. They're, the lineup is ridiculous, so I'm really excited. But we have another festival to play that Friday, so we'll be rolling in Saturday. But we'll still get to see a lot of the. Lot well, of I the saw action. you. Know, you got obviously Marcus King Band. You also got Blackberry Smoke. Uh, David Shaw from yeah. the Revivalist. Yeah. He's so there's definitely yeah. a huge, huge uh, lineup there. Pretty exciting. Definitely. I'm actually, I, as soon as I saw the lineup, I was like, you know what? I think I might drive up North Carolina for that. Oh, yeah. Cool, I gotta, man. I got to check that one out. You know, I've heard you guys are working on new music as you're going. Um, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. How, how, how is the new music as far as uh, the writing coming along? Where do you think you're at as far as... We're doing really well. I think we almost have, you know, we're getting really close to having our uh, second album just about worked out to where we can start pre-production very nice it's really interesting the way that we kind of handle our songwriting because like we we all take turns writing songs and stuff like that or just kind of all just come to the table with something every rehearsal or so but uh like our our styles differ a lot so like i won't really bring anything to the table unless it's kind of like a fully fleshed out idea like to me you know yeah but on the other hand eric's kind of songwriter where he can just like dish out like five songs a day which i wish i could do <laughs> but yeah, he'll, he'll, a, he'll just gift. dish them out and then he'll be like all right i got like 15 ideas here volume like, writing you know, like, yeah, yeah and then but man that's a it's just a, yeah it's a different way to go about it but it works great it's you where know, a lot of our hardest hitting songs have come from yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. helps the aesthetic of the band too because it keeps the sound more fresh mm-hmm. and i know the whole genre bending thing is a big thing in this industry right now but I feel like it really does help to have multiple songwriters to where you can get in the minds kind of when you're at the show, watching the show of like everybody and how their songs are written differently. And you can kind of start to notice a theme a little bit. So like all the songs begin to kind of have like a character, you know, like, oh, this sounds like a Josh song. It sounds like an Eric song, you know. Do you think as far as like your influences in the past influence the way each of you write as far as like the the style of music you prefer? Do you prefer different styles of music as far as your influences i write with a high influence with the beatles i listened to the beatles when i was growing up and when i had some hard times i I started writing some material and and it was mainly lyrics And, and once i figured out you know maybe four chord progression on the piano or let it be on the piano that's whenever i was able to to find melody with my voice for me it's mostly like it's more of kind of like a current thing. It'll be more based on what I'm listening to right now. And I'm, I'm getting into a thing lately where I'm trying to take things like a little bit of out of musical context a little bit. Well, not necessarily just like I'm a bass player, right? So instead of I've kind of grown apart from listening to just bass players all the time, because when you're a new bass player, you're like, oh, my God, Victor Wooten and all these guys are so awesome, you know. But now I'm like listening to like horn players and like other kind of like weird like Indian Sarod songs and stuff like that and trying to see if I can move them to the bass, you know? Yeah. So, in that aspect, I kind of like, I, I take a little bit more of like an instant inspiration from the stuff that I listen to. 
you know, because I feel like that kind of keeps it fresh. Yeah. But at the same time, that's where I go back to saying I envy Eric's songwriting style sometimes because, you know, when you have, like, the process where you're constantly taking things in and using that as inspiration, it's a little bit more hard or a little bit more difficult to kind of, like, bring it into a fully-fledged idea, you know? So I'm, tr- I'm looking for that formula right now, kind of find a happy medium between the two. So I'd say right now I'm definitely kind of digging, like, a lot of... Uh, like jazz kind of stuff and kind of trying to incorporate that more into you know the, the more con- consumable type of stuff because that stuff that just grooves super hard but still has like that brain aspect to it you mm-hmm. know yeah it's safe to say this next record is gonna definitely uh all kinds of li- all kinds of music and i, I think it's definitely harder per- to perform night to night you know it's, yeah, it's definitely <laughs> which is nice it's pushing us you know to where we got it throw 120 percent at it night after night which in turn generally makes you play with more emphasis and intent and uh you know and then that generates quite an energy between the between the crowd and the artists so yeah we're 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 trying to find the balance there of course you know there's uh the constant uh battle of trying to put out your perfect set or writing your (coughs) perfect set list but i'd say this music you know there's a there's a fine balance just having for songwriters, you know, you're going to have some some songs, as, as Josh put it, um, that are more consumable and some that are... Yeah, it has a lot to do with the relationship with the audience because, you know, there's... Like, when you're a musician, you get wrapped up in a lot of these bands like Snarky Puppy or Funky Knuckles, you know, you're just like, oh, that's so hip, you know? Yeah. Like, that's like some weird time signature or something like that. You're like, wow, that works super well. But you'll be riding with your normal friends in the car and they're just like, I don't understand, you know? So, like, yeah, you can write a song in a weird time signature. You just have to make sure that it's repetitive enough, essentially. It's digestible to resonate. For, yeah, the, exactly. for the regular yeah. population. Exactly, yeah. So it's it's hard to kind of balance that sometimes. We'll be in rehearsal sometimes when we're playing this big, long, complicated passage. And I've been like, all right, well, I really wanted that to be in there, but I'm probably just going to have to take that out. Cause <laughs> right. Even we're having trouble with it, you know, and like, yeah, we could do it if we practiced it a lot, you know, but it's, that's where the songwriting process for me is kind of constantly ongoing, you know, I feel like a song's never really fully done, because like, you want to get like a working version that you can play, like out when you're starting doing live shows, but as soon as you play it that first time live, there's definitely going to be a list of like, at least three or four things that you're going to be like, all right, this needs to either get better or just change entirely, so... Speaking, like, speaking yeah. of, you know, pop, trying to make it as digestible and the crowd likes it the most, what would you say, as far as your songs go, gets the crowd excited the most? What's the crowd favorite of your of your songs? Yeah, we learned early on, uh, if we're going to do well in this circuit, you know, you got to make people dance. Right. And that's important. And then you also got to... Uh, you know, you gotta make them feel good, mm-hmm. and you you gotta give them a sense of com- community that mm-hmm. they can. Well, you get, they can feel like they're a part of something. You know, you're not just like uh, putting on a like a play for them or something. Yeah. You know, they got they want to give back, so you have to enable them to do that. And you know, I wouldn't say we definitely try and cater all of our music towards that angle of digestion. You know, sometimes we're like we're gonna play this for us, but when we do do it, it's uh, you know, it's it's about it's about getting a groove in there a lot of the time. If you get a nice groove or a nice happy chord structure, man, you can see smiles out there and you just see people start moving. Kyle will 
perform man he draws them in and then it's like all right now that they're looking let's play that awesome song that josh wrote that single yeah because it, it is a battle like that you know if you're somewhere uh with a built-in crowd that uh they're there to talk to each other and you're yeah. you know you're playing a gig on a tuesday night stopping between you know two of the more music venue style gigs you gotta win them we call oh, them yeah. winning them so you know it's I think that's what Eric's talking about there. Is, uh, and it, definitely it, have to make a conscious effort to try and win them, and once you do, it feels really good. And, and y- you know, that's how you can gain some of your biggest fans, is them getting one over. You know, I was here to just meet up with my, my cousin and have a few drinks, but we ended up partying all night, and, uh, you know, that kind of thing. And I, I know I want a T-shirt and a CD. I'm coming <laughs> back to see you guys. Now, you got, uh, actually, you talked about Charleston Poorhouse just a little bit ago. You've got it coming up again on the 14th. Yeah, we're going to be playing with Litz out of, uh, is that Baltimore? That they're I out think of? so. Maryland. Yeah, area. Maryland. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. Have, Don't you, take ever, my word have you ever played with them before? No, we haven't, but we've uh, we've heard of them, and uh, I think it's going to be a good match. Yeah, we've heard really good things about Litz, and just from their stage, I like looking at bands' stage setups before we play with them, mm-hmm. and I see double keys on either side of the stage, and that's always fun. You know? <laughs> so I've, I've never really failed to be not amused by a double keys rigs yeah evaluate the stage presence yeah and then uh 22nd you got uh smith's old bar in atlanta which is is fun have you ever played there before no that's our first time there usually we play uh at aisle five out there in atlanta i've heard that's a nice nice joint well that's actually a a lot of our guests actually have played It's, it's weird i've got a lot of smith's old bar uh, performers before on the show and it's been all across the board as far as genres I gotta ask uh, you know I love going to Atlanta and I think one of the best things in Atlanta is the uh, is the food uh, do you have any spots in Atlanta that you love to eat at we usually play at aisle five a lot yeah so uh, the five points area has some amazing stuff to offer I okay. believe a uh, five points what was it called P- five points pizzeria or something like that yeah, and it was a. Uh, we ordered the Sicilian there, and I was yes. not prepared at all. That I ate one slice of that pizza and then went to bed for like three days. Oh yeah. man, yeah. put you in that food coma. Yeah, we got a yeah. massive pizza there. So uh, if you're looking for good food in Atlanta, that whole Five Points area has some really awesome stuff to offer. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I ask every 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 guest that I have from Atlanta, I have to ask because every time I go down there, I find a new place. That I love to eat. Yeah. And so I, I, I got to see what everybody wants to eat down there. Oh, it's amazing. It's fantastic. I love it. Well, uh, guys, we are up against a break. Um, so I want to make sure the listeners have got down your shows that are coming up in the next couple of days. Uh, we have on the 14th, Charleston Poorhouse yep. in Charleston. Then on the 15th, we have the Whiskey, uh, Wilmington, North Carolina. And then yep. September sixteenth. Those are both with uh with Litz. With yep. Litz. Yep. And then September sixteenth, Poor House Music Hall in Raleigh. Yep. And that's going to be a, a rager with our buddies, the Mantras. We love them, and so that's going to be a party. So. Very nice. And then September twenty second, Smith's Old Bar. Yep. In and and that one to got got to throw that one out there too. That's with a brother band of ours, Porch Forty. They're they're a great band. So. Very nice. Now, if the listeners want to check you out, find information about you, listen to your music, what's the best ways for them to get that uh, info? The first one I would uh, toss out there and the most reliable and updated is Facebook, you know. So, uh, facebook.com slash Travers Brothership. And uh, we also keep our Instagram up to date, you know. We tour a lot, so there's lots of cool stuff we'll, we'll post on there that's behind the scenes and 
off the stage. And you also have uh, traversbrothership.com, of course. And if uh, you're interested in listening to the music uh, or seeing live videos, there's always YouTube. We have a YouTube channel. And uh, as far as getting the record, yeah, it's all over the Internet. So you got uh, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, whatever you want to listen to. Um, it's all out there, man. It's all out there. So I got uh, it. I got it on Apple Music. I got it on SoundCloud. Yep, Apple Music. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, just uh, and that's how I know about the. That's how I know about the van, the Instagram. I was on that. Boom. That it. Yeah, man. You gotta gotta stay to work on that. Yeah, if you want to check out our social media stuff, it's uh, you know, that's definitely uh something we keep up to date. And what's the what's the handle on uh, the Instagram? Uh, it's just uh, at Travers Brothership. All right. You heard it, listeners. Check out all that information. Now, what song should we leave the listeners off of? I don't mind. What should we leave? What, what song do you think? Uh, you should um, play Hold My Name. It's the very first track. It's the single that is written by Josh Clark. It seems to be most popular. We also have a video out online on YouTube mm-hmm. for it. All right. Well, if you get time, listeners, check out the video right now. Here's a song, Hold My Name, by Travers Brothership. Thanks again, guys. Yeah, thank you, man.
and we are back on the Doc G Show. Yes! What a great visit by Travers Brothership. Travers Brothership, baby. That was their song, by the way, Hold My Name. Great jam there. Hold it, people. You guys got plenty of opportunities to see them. Raleigh, Charleston, Atlanta. You can see them in all those. And if you want to wait until October, you can see them in their hometown, Asheville. And you'll be able to see them with the Marcus King Band and with Blackberry Smoke. Pretty good deal right there. Am I right? We hope those guys come back. I gave them some shirts. Say what? Yeah? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, pretty nice. Pretty. With your face on them? Yeah. Nice. That's right. So... Last birthday suit, are you ready? Yes. Yeah, let's make it three for three. Here we go. Hopefully. Our, our birthday suit wearer was born on September 13th, 1990 hmm. in Mobile, Alabama. He played football his whole life and was recruited by Alabama to play football. He ended up winning three national championships as a quarterback on the Alabama team. He now plays for the Cincinnati Bengals. Brent Musburger has a big crush on his wife. Oh, come Catherine on. Yeah, yeah, man. You were you gave it away from last week. Who is it? AJ McCarron. AJ McCarron, birthday suit wear number three. Nice. Yeah. If you want to talk to AJ, talk to AJ. He's celebrating his birthday right now. With what Brent Musburger would call a lovely lady, <laughs> Catherine Webb. She is a lovely lady. Lovely lady and a dude with a birthday, <laughs> AJ McCarron. Who's that lady? He's got quite a chest plate of a tattoo as well. Yeah, he like turned super hardcore like after he got drafted. He, like he, he was like, like check tattoo. out this chest plate of Jesus. Exactly, man. Because it was it was a Catholic. Tattoo. Hmm. He like seemed like a like a really good kid. Then I got that tattoo. It's like oh, well, this guy's gonna, got to like, label him um, because of a tattoo. I don't Come know. On, oh, that's true. You have it. I mean, no. Uh, I mean, it just seemed like he it just shows he has an edge. He's got an edge. That's right, AJ. You have an edge on your birthday, man. Not in that quarterback battle, though. No. <laughs> oh, hey, well, easy. Hey, you ready for the Zebo sum up? Oh well, yeah. For sure. Hold on. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. I'm a little slow. All right. All right. Okay. All right. When, whenever, are, you, are you ready? I'm ready. In three, two, we are going to do the sum up in one go. Pete Boone, we don't want your ruby chocolate. Watch out for owls. Happy birthday to Tyler, AJ, and Playboy. Check out Travers Brothership at Old Smith Bar. Don't have tiger pets. Seven eighty-seven. That was seven eighty-seven. Right. I got I got a little scared. You I had sneaked to, through the door. I had to put it in in third gear there. I, I saw yeah. that I was. I, I felt the inner timer going off. You know, I felt the inner timer going. It's good. It's good though. Seven eighty-seven. All right, guys. It's been a great show. Yes. I love it's it. always a great dude. We always have yeah. Uh, why why like do I this. even say that? Because it was fantastic. Uh, that's a that's a staple. Yeah. It's like basically just 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 be like, okay, guys. We're done. <laughs> it's basically it. like saying, hey, you know what? That Taco Bell last night gave me stomach troubles. Huh? Obviously, it's Taco Bell. Yeah. That's the same thing. Can't trust. Hey, that. the Doc G show was awesome. Obviously. It always is. Woohoo! You ain't lying. Anyways, guys, we will be back next week. And like I said on several shows ago, we've got great guests coming up. We've got Sirius Bright that's coming up. Seriously. We've bright. got Rory Scovel. We've got none other 
than Joe Gifted? Say what? What? Oh, Gifted? What? Joe Gifted. Water, baby. He's going to be on the show, guys. Get excited for Joe Gifted coming up. But until next week, I have been your host, Doc G. With me, my co-host, as always, Justin, Hype City, Evangelist. I'm still wearing flip-flops. He's still wearing the slides. Woohoo! Don't forget it. We will be back Nike, next week baby. better than ever until then zip it up and zip it out <laughs>